Welcome back or welcome to the Find Your Awesome podcast. My name is Kelsey Abbott. I am your host and I'm also a certified professional coach specializing in confidence, mindfulness, and joy. And today I want to share a little bit of joy with you before we get into this week's episode with Angelina Lombardo. So a couple of weeks ago, I was running with my husband. I get to run with my husband. That makes me so happy. And we get to come home and we get to live with this furry soulmate that we love so much, who brings us so much joy on a regular basis. That would be our dog. And then after our hot run in the Florida summer sun, we got to go in our pool. And you know what, my friends? This is what matters. This is getting to do life, getting to do things I love with beings I love, getting to love outrageously, getting to play, getting to cool off in a pool because for me, a pool means play, getting to live and live out a childhood dream. It doesn't matter what else is going on in our lives. It doesn't matter when I'm on the struggle bus. It doesn't matter when I'm feeling stuck because what really matters is this stuff. It's in the present. It's, I have it right now. It is my heart exploding. It is the joy that's bubbling up in my body. It feels like pop rocks to me and it smells like gardenia or jasmine by the ocean. And this, this is what matters. What is it that matters to you? What is it that will ground you in your truth and your true state of being, which is joy? What is it that will remind you of the dreams that little you had? Maybe you dreamed of owning a horse and you do right now. Maybe you dreamed of being a rock star and you are right now. Maybe you just dreamed of being on stage and here you are speaking on stages. Maybe you're hosting a podcast. Look around. How are you honoring the desires, the playfulness of that younger you? And how can you honor it even more? This, my friends, this is what matters. Now, on to this week's guest, Angelina Lombardo. She's a best-selling author and a coach who works with individuals in the sex industry. She helps those individuals live a more aligned, wealthy, and powerful life within society. This conversation isn't much about the sex industry, but we did dive deep into surrender. And I invite you to explore that concept yourself. If you want further resources on exploring the concept of surrender, please reach out to me. Instagram is the best place. I'm at Kelsey Abbott CPC. Got a lot of favorite books on the topic. All right, now, please listen to the episode. Enjoy it. Share your takeaways. Shout out on social media. Please share and please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. It helps so much. Thank you so much for your support. Go forth and be awesome. Welcome to the Find Your Awesome podcast. My guest today is Angelina Lombardo. And you guys, this woman, she's sparkly AF and I cannot wait to dig into everything with her. Welcome, Angelina. Thank you for having me here. I would have to say, I think the same thing about you. My experience of you is you are definitely sparkle as AF. And by that, I, actually, I have a question. Yes. What do you feel? What are your feelings around cussing? 
Oh, please proceed. Only because, <laughs> only because that happens. I'm just going to say it up front. Yeah. There's no censoring. Okay, good. Yes. Please speak freely. That's great for my little spirit or my, my gigantic <laughs> spirit and the little one in me. <laughs> yes. And, and yes, your spirit is huge. Oh, it, uh, is that a compliment? It's a compliment. It's a compliment. <laughs> right, right on then. <laughs> so where ah. should we start with you? Please start. I always, you know, I haven't said this to you yet, but I do think every once in a while, Angelina Ballerina. So, so. That actually, yeah, that's kind of a cute place to start because you are not the only one. And I have been called that since I was, I think in my tw early twenties and I was a dancer. Mm -hmm. I performed, I was a tango instructor and a dancer and so that fit, the description fit. All my girlfriends, but Angelina Ballerina is on the dance floor again. That's all I would do. I would go and dance for hours, just sweat my, it was my sanctuary and my, uh, I'm not going to, well, church. That dance floor was my church. So I danced, I danced and moved my body in, in those ways to heal in, inside, you know? So Angelina Ballerina, that's perfect. When did you first get into dancing? <clears throat> I, uh, so as a young, as a child, I did everything I could to, um, get out of my family home. So dancing long distance and cross country running tennis, swimming. So I was out. So from a very early age, I liked to perform. <laughs> and so to put a age on that, oh, I would say seven, six, seven, eight, maybe second grade. I was starting to enter contests and things like that. And it just, I just uh, followed that up with drama and then acting and just perform singing. I was in musical. Yeah, I was, I played the bass, you know, just from playing the bass to being in bands, singing when I could. So I'm definitely, uh, what would I say? Creative. Let's, let's yeah. And before we hit record, <clears throat> well, we talked about everything kind of, <laughs> um, but we talked about all the different careers, all the different <laughs> chapters and rebirths you've had so yeah. far and determined that your biological age has to be something in like a hundred, but it's not. <laughs> <laughs> But yes. can you just give us like a, um, a brief summary of <laughs> your career trajectory, I guess we would call it? Yeah, sure. I mean, it does, it does sound crazy because, um, you know, in society here, at least in America, if people were to hear what I'm about to spout, and people will hear, but, you know, there's different uh, thoughts or uh, judgments. And so before we started recording, I, I had mentioned this to you. I said, <clears throat> I used to, when people would ask me, excuse me, <clears throat> what, oh, what do you do? Or how, you know, and I would say, I'm a XYZ. Well, how long have you been doing that? I would really try to make it sound as um, structured and grounded as possible because I knew that for me, 
I was out of the house really young and I had to survive, right? And I really wanted to thrive. So my resilience building started there. So here we go. <laughs> what have I, my business trajectory or my work, etc. I started um, <clears throat> working in fast food restaurants with my brother. I worked in a Wendy's to start because um, he was working there. I wasn't eating meat. I thought the whole thing was gross, but it doesn't matter. It started there. Then I worked my way to uh, Walgreens and I was a pharmacy technician. I took that license and then I was a manager. So at 19, I 18, I was managing a pharmacy on back home on Maui and I was a pharmacy technician. From there, I was a bookkeeper uh, at a coffee store. From there, there was a huge gap where um, I lived in Israel and I was dancing and performing actually and um, also modeling. So that was great. Then I came home and experienced a lot of unemployment which led me to my um, next career move, which was, um, uh, I'll say sex work, but it involved that plus um, exotic dancing, so stripping. But then from there, I have been a birth worker, so midwife and a doula. I have owned my own food companies, so I'm a chef. I also have, um, done my, I've actually provided a lot of the uh, herbal support. So I, I'm a farmer. So I grew all my own herbs and also all that stuff that went into my food business came from me. And from there, um, I was a real estate agent and I maximized on that by um, opening up a cleaning company and a carpet cleaning company. And so I've just been always on the go. And then, you know, from there, I had to retire all of the physical um, aspects of, I couldn't look at, get, at being in business as a physical, as using my physical body anymore because I, I got sick. So I had to switch that and then start using my mind. I was also a, a very good personal assistant to the stars. So there was, oh my gosh, yeah, side. like, yeah, that. It, so, you know, you meet somebody, you, you, I wanted to sound professional and legitimate. So I would leave a lot of that out, but I definitely have, um, I've lived. What's yeah. the, what's the commonality? What's the string that ties all of that together? <clears throat> so I would say the string that ties all of that together would probably be uh, a combination of like resilience and focus or dedication to my self uh, development as a person. And each step, each step that I had made, there were obstacles, but I would look at those obstacles. And for some reason, the way I uh, move in life, it, I can just see the solutions. And I'm that person that it, I'll do one solution. I'll go one way. If it doesn't work, I'm going to go another way without really structuring or making plans per se. So I'm, I'm in the flow. So I would say self-development, 
seeing my own obstacles and meeting them head on because my dedication and focus to my goal was bigger than anything else. And at the time it was, I wanted health. I wanted to be loved, which equaled, I needed to be <clears throat> healthy in the mind and in my emotions. And that propelled me to uh, a lot of the inner work and self-development that I've done thus far. We, we were putting a price tag on it too. I was, I was saying, geez, if I were to add up the time and the money, it would be, of course, exponential. But I was thinking, I was saying out loud, you know, the, the money itself would it easily $2.5 million I've invested in myself. And I'm talking dollars. I'm not talking like, you know, I'm talking actual dollars in myself. That's how much I, I believe in myself. That's, and I find that just so powerful to hear. <clears throat> yeah, I think it, I think it is powerful. And I think that, um, getting really focused on whatever the goal is, right? For me, it's to make a difference in this world. For me, it's making my, that legacy that people will talk about. My legacy is making a difference in when I was younger, I suffered. And for me, it's making a difference in the community that I work with so that they can actually have their own legacies. In a bigger picture, it's women. I, would, I want for them to know that they have choices and for them to find that freedom within themselves and to have that conversation and then go from there so that they can just continue that. I have a daughter. That's my motivation. That's motivation enough, I think. But it goes further than that. So, What yeah. do you want for your daughter? <clears throat> I want my daughter to be, um, I would like for her to have the clarity in who she is um, so that she can have that, the conversation she needs to have within instead, so that that's happening inside out versus the outside in. Um, I think there's a lot more um, power, your own autonomy and personal power doesn't reside on the outside first. You're not going to learn. This is, this is something that I, that I have learned from experience. You are not going to learn about yourself outside of yourself, especially in the beginning stages of anything. You, know, you came to this planet completely whole and knowing all. So the internal, like your inner wisdom, that knowledge is there. It's always been there. And I would want for my daughter to know that that exists so that when shit gets real hard, that's where she goes. When shit gets like, she's got the support, she's got me or she's, you know, she reaches out, but she goes and she dives in to find that resilience, that, that inner resourcing so that she can hear that and she can have the support of her community so that she, um, she's not left alone or she's also not trying to do everything everyone else is telling her to do. You should do this and you need to do that. And you need to, do you know the shoulds and the oh's and the I, I, I need to do it this because, I need to do it this way because, you know, she said this and I really want what she has. A lot of times we don't even realize that's not even what we wanted. 
that's happening in that's like happening between your chin and the top of your head honestly mm-hmm. until you go down in to actually um until you can quiet yourself enough and go in to hear what's happening i mean there's a whole environment happening inside it's, it's how going. did you learn that the shoulds aren't for you <clears throat> i always say that when somebody says i should do this well first of all one shoulds are shitty two Whenever you say should, it means it's somebody else's belief. I was just going to say when, when I, this is what I I say to, um, this is what I say to clients and actually everybody, when I hear somebody say should, I'm like, that's a lie. Shoulds are lies. Should, should be questioned. Ha ha. Shoulds are questions and they're assumptions and may mostly believe. Oh my gosh. Excuse me. Mostly (laughs) I need to slow my roll. What? They are mostly about someone else's beliefs, like you said. And if that's the case, then where are you? Where is the you that is looking for the experience or looking to feel what you, you know, I I want more happiness or I, I want to be more calm, you know, or I want to experience health. Well, first you need to define it for yourself. So where did I learn about the shoulds? Um, This is a combination. Um, Trial and error, of course. Like I tried it because I came from, so my childhood was really uh, hard. I was abused and battered in and um, I went on to repeat the pattern. So um, that brought more abuse and battery, batter, battered, batteredness, battered. I don't know how to. You can call it whatever you want. Yeah. And it just brought more shit. Let's just be real simple. Yeah. It just brought more shit. So the thing was, it created a huge uh, amount of desperation and I was grasping. And in my grasping, that is where I found myself um, navigating through it uh, on the outside with everyone else's should. You should do this. It needs to be like that. You need to leave him. You need to do that. You should, you have to be like that. You can't talk like this. You can't be to this. You can't, all of that shit happened. And in my desperation, I grasped and it would only lead to more desperation and more anxiety. And it really never fit. And it just really never felt right. And um, it wasn't until my body took its nosedive that I realized that it was in, that my body was having, like my body knew before I knew, before my mind knew. And that, like I said, that environment is happening in, there is a conversation happening within you that has always been there. And that's your true, um, that's your true essence and wisdom, right? That's from where you should go forth and live your life. And I found that broken in my bed. I I was, imagine I woke up and unexpectedly was paralyzed. I couldn't move. And the panic, et cetera. That sensation of being out of control brought the clarity that I was using my mind to try and, or in my attempts to gain health, love, um, money, anything, all of it, 
I was, you know, I was lost. So um, when my body broke, that's when true surrender really took place. Um, that's when it really caught my attention. And I think that, I mean, it's, it's obvious if your body's not working, that's a big attention getter. So I think, yeah. How'd you get back to your body? <sighs> well, it took a lot of years and a lot of different, um, re re it's actually a re recovery. And I realized that I was unembodied. So if I wasn't actually the one that was embodying my experience or in my body, then who was, right? Mm -hmm. And I realized because I had been diagnosed with Lyme's disease and a, a lot of co-infections and the symptoms were severe. I was brain, there was brain damage and brain swelling. And there was a lot of things. I had a hard time talking, so I couldn't communicate, right? I had always been alone, but I was really, truly then it was mirrored on the outside as well. So it was exactly how I felt on the inside. I felt like I wasn't being understood. I felt like I wasn't being seen. I felt like I wasn't being heard. I felt like I wasn't living my life. I had all of these inner experiences and now my body was showing me the exact same picture right it's this manifesting and so um i answered it from that conversation i really was able to it was just sort of like a click aha moment um and i'm going to tell you honestly it happened before i was paralyzed it was a few months um before that happened and i was invited to sit in a ceremony and it was with um my South American family um, on Maui. And so I sat um, and I drank some ayahuasca medicine, which was profound in itself. And um, fast forward, I took what, my, what I had experienced in that ceremony, that first ceremony. Um, I mean, it's with you for the rest of your life all of those things. And so um, I don't know where I'm really going here, except everything that I experienced in that ceremony sort of seemed to undo <laughs> in a few months time, everything that I had known before. In that ceremony, I had really realized that the conversation was in, it wasn't out. And I had been, trust me, I've been meditating since I was 15, 16 years old, I used to babysit for Hare Krishnas. I, I've been exposed to yoga. I had been, I've been sitting at the feet of, of spiritual leaders and teachers. That had already been instilled, right? It just didn't ever occur somehow. There was a block. And I could feel it, which is why I kept going and going and going. What's wrong with me? What's wrong with me? What's wrong with me? Looking outside, looking outside. And from that ceremony to uh, grasp, it was in. And then a few months later, I'm in bed paralyzed. It just, it was very powerful. And the way I recovered myself was piece by piece from the inside out, honestly, just each piece. I did somatic experience work 
a lot of somatic experience work. I did a lot of um, treatments um, that involved a lot of medications and prescriptions and IVs and different practitioners. And I went um, to Mexico for treatment. I went everywhere for treatment. Um, it took a lot for me to climb back into this body and then to know how to actually uh, be her best friend, like you were saying. And to live out her legacy, what she actually uh, deserves, not not because she's worked so hard and oh my gosh, you were you were abused so bad. No pity, none of that. It's what she deserved in the very first place. It's what every single human being on this planet deserves, straight up. Because you've got you're in this on this planet as a human being, right? So I claimed it. It's my voice now be above anyone else's. No one else, no one else's way is better unless I'm learning. And then there's a humble, there's a humbleness that comes in, but I don't put anybody's uh, voice above mine. And I don't believe that that's actually the, the best way to achieve your desired goals. It's in collaboration, but in concert, but not not from the outside in specifically. So makes sense. You completely on that. Yeah. yeah. No one can know yeah. us. Thank as you. Well, as we do ever, ever period, 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 period. Could we just get a hell yeah. <laughs> hell yeah. It's completely true. Who's the one that's, this is something that I, that I say, it's just a little like, when a client's trying to make a decision and I can see them, you know, really struggling and there's a lot more to this picture, but the thing that I call their attention to is, well, when you're laying in bed and you're, you're, you know, going to sleep and it's just you, you may be, somebody might be next to you, but you know what I'm talking about. It's just you and that, you know, you know it intrinsically that you're laying there and this is just you. What the hell's going on in there? That's you. That's the experience of you. You're the only one looking, watching, and, and knowing, experiencing, right? That's all. It's just you. So, of course, there's a lot more to it if someone is struggling to, you know, find that, find that conversation. Find who you, in you. <laughs> but that's to, it. Yeah. To start that conversation, or maybe not... Nah, just delete that part. I want to know, you're talking about finding your voice and what is it that you want to use your voice to shout from the rooftops? Mm. Oh, if I were to shout from the rooftops, I mean, this is where the cussing starts to ensue. <laughs> Because I'm just extremely batshit passionate about this shit. It really is. Um, here's, here's one huge truth that I know that I would definitely shoot from the mountaintops from my experience, right? Which is victimhood. Like there is a generational victimhood cycle that I was very aware of, trauma-based. Um, and it would have continued had I not had such uh, perseverance and focus commitment, especially after I had my child that just, that dialed it an even clearer. So this is what I would start with. It is not our job in 
any way, shape, or form to hold any outside shame for what we actually have been through to take that on is actually victimizing yourself over and it is extremely harmful and and to be honest with you it's one of the biggest um things that lead to hiding so it's the shame that and, and it comes in many forms my shame was like this i was abused as a child um, and in my family, I was made to feel a lot of things. But the biggest one was you don't talk about it and it's really your fault anyway. And you need to forgive and then you need to move on. Or I was also, it, nothing, it's, um, you are not allowed to tell anyone outside of the family. So you have to keep it yourself. So that is like number one. I felt responsible to hold that. Not only was I being abused, and I was having that experience, right? That was me having that experience. I was also now having to hold on to the abuser's actions. There was no way that I could see, that I had no chance of autonomy. I had no chance to differentiate. I was 100% enmeshed and there was, and I was lost. And of course, because I was young and I was a true victim, I had no chance to see that. When you move outside of that, when you are at a, the next, I, I guess the next spot of this cycle, the next place in the cycle, it's that you will keep continuing to hold on to their actions and you suffer. That is very, that is very harmful. That's where that, so I would shoot to the rooftops that it's very important to know who you are so that you don't hold everyone else's shit. And that would be the cultural norms, the oppressive gender biased shit storms that we're in right now. The racism that is horrible. The, I mean, it's atrocious. Most of the uh, narratives that we've got going on at least right now in America are very clear examples of what I'm speaking about. You don't, it's not our responsibility to hold on to this shit, to this cultural ignorance and uneducated mouthpieces. It's not my job to hold on to that. Mm -mm. I've already gone through what I've gone through. I mean, it's my, it's my, it is my responsibility to be the voice for the people that don't have their voice now, yet, don't know. I hold, I'm a bookmarker, I'm a placeholder for that. That's what I do as, as, uh, for my clients, I already know a hundred percent. They have everything perfectly installed <laughs> inside of them. Right. And I believe it a hundred percent. So I'm that bookmarker for their voice until they can, they can step into their voice. I am the advocate. I am definitely the activist. I am definitely the, the change agent and I will not be shut down. It's just not a possibility. My oh voice is, I'm, I'm just too bold. I'm just too bold. I'm just too bold. I own everything that happens. And that doesn't mean I'm perfect. That's the greatest thing ever because I walked around, you know, really working on trying to be perfect because I needed to hold it all together, right? I needed to have, I was feeling very inadequate and, um, 
you know, place your ABC inadequate. I was feeling stupid. I was feeling incapable. I didn't know. Oh, I'm so confused because I was a victim. So I was getting it confused with my actual work. My, I was really just confusing my human superpowers that everyone has right to the victim. Oh, I can't believe I'm sometimes this happens. This is one of the beautiful things about me. Um, Word recall gets a little hard for me because of the brain damage that I still sort of uh, climb, so to speak. So I get stuck with word recall. Damn. I was saying something like it gets, it just gets confusing. With the victim mentality? Yeah, there you go. With the cycle of victim. Yeah. With the cycle of victimhood. And so um, at that point, now you're going to have to get me back on track. Well, actually, now I've—I don't get you back on track. I can't do that because I was hanging on every word. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, okay, so that—that's called divine download, and it's going to come back in two seconds. All we need to do is have a moment of silence, truly, take a deep breath, recalibrate, and shit just like flows in the divine. That's just how it works. So I'm going to take a deep breath. It does. Sometimes it just doesn't look. It's not perfect. That's what I was talking about. So I'm going to take a deep breath. So I think I was talking about the struggle to be perfect and how that derails your actual uh, power, your actual perfection. That's, that's really what's true. It derails your actual perfection. And we could say the saying, which is perfectly imperfect, which is much more the goal than being perfect anyway because uh, well there's many reasons so I, I actually won't get sidetracked from that so trying to be perfect is not my goal so in my advocating and my activism and my bookmarking of the voices that haven't stepped into their voice yet um, I will make mistakes and I am humbly okay with that and, um, and it is not my goal to be perfect because I know I am not perfect. And actually, I want to tell you this, three, the, the, the three, um, most, um, favorite words, my three most favorite words really for a recovering perfectionist, but I, I have to say I'm a recovered perfectionist. I'm, I'm, I'm good with it. So my three favorite words are, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Those are so powerful. You say, I don't know. And in that moment, infinity opens and anything is possible and surrender takes place and you're completely open. For me, that's what happens. It's all possibility exists. It's, I don't know. You don't have to, I don't know, but I'm going to find out. And you don't have to follow it up. Actually, it's just, I don't know and sit and see what happens. So that's, that's something that I really like to do a lot of when how I'm. Did you, how'd you learn that? By trying to know everything. 
to be honest with you. Yeah. Remember when I told you I was really holding every, I was that picture of, I was frantic. I am almost positive that people probably saw the frantic, you know, that frantic, desperate grasping. And um, I was busy really, <laughs> what I really wanted them to see was uh, I had everything really dialed in together. I was smart. I was on top of it. I could do everything. I could be everything. I knew everything. You know, oh, you want to know about that? Well, I'm going to find, and can I be honest with you? I, I fucking brought it. I did. I would, I would research things and I would do things. And if my client wanted this, I would make that happen. Like I was a go-getter that way. I still am. It's just in a different way. What happens in surrender? You have, my body just broke. It couldn't, it could no longer take what I was actually shoving at it. It wasn't fair and it wasn't, it was abuse. I was abusing myself. Really, honestly, it was a full circle of not only was I victimized, then I came out and I was continuing this cycle. Then you abuse yourself. It's, 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 it's sad. It's very harsh and sad. And so I was abusing myself, sticking things in and making myself, you know, um, in the image that everyone else wanted to see, right? I wanted to belong. I wanted to be accepted. I was not accepted all the time. I was always different. You were, I was always, I'm too loud. I'm too, I mean, if I could tell you, it was just, I was too, and I was not enough of everything. Too much of this and not enough of that. And fill in all the blanks. And um, when, it, when I saw the truth of what that really, that experience really was for me. It was, it was um, a long haul, but I stopped right immediately. And I was like, okay, then I humbly don't know. I don't know shit. I don't know shit about anything. It's time that I start um, learning about that endless. And that's, that's the listening. That's the being quiet and listening to the conversation that is already always taking place inside. Always. I think of that as beginner's mind. Yes, that's it. Exactly. That's where it, that's it. Yeah. In my beginner's mind, there are many possibilities. Expert's mind, there are a few. Amen. Amen, right? It's mm -hmm. totally potent. That's, that's the potency. That's the potency of what is. That's it. Mm. Yes. Your Lyme, how long did that take to get diagnosed? Because I know a lot of times that goes misdiagnosed or undiagnosed for a long time. It absolutely does. And it's almost impossible for me to know. So here's what I do with that question. And this is how I hold it. Since I don't know, I leave it to the mystery. It, it's fine. There's, I can't know. I can know the series of events that led me to the diagnosis and from the diagnosis, how I handled moving forward. So yeah, for a lot of people, um, it's important to put, to connect the dots. And I, I did spend a minute of time trying to connect the dots, but as soon as I realized that that wasn't really, I was in it already. This was happening now. I think the most important thing for me was to move forward that's what I, that's where I placed my attention. And I still do. I don't, I don't, um, 
I have some hunches. And those are good enough for me. I leave it up to the rest. The rest of it is just the mystery. I'm cool with it. I made my peace with that for sure. I love your freedom, your comfort, your release with living in the mystery. Yeah, that um, getting comfortable with the unknown has been tremendously advantageous for me. And coincidentally, it's really funny um, how before I was so alone and I was truly struggling to have love in my life and find my belongingness and um, fought at every step of the way because I was truly alone and and, um, didn't really belong among a community that wouldn't, you know, shun me or, you know, cast me out as so to speak. Um, And now fast forward to (laughs) my life now has as I've grown comfortable with the mystery and the unknown and the, the, um, the infinite, like it could just be cut off tomorrow. Like my loved ones can die. I could die. Um, the planet could be blown up. I mean, you know, just name your, your moment of becoming comfortable with that mystery. Fast forward. I have now, I belong in my family unit more so than I, I've never known this um, grade of love and belonging. And it did not start from an idea like outside of me. Like, so in other words, all of the grasping and attempts on my part to become a part of someone's life or something's life or I want this or I want that this attached it you know it's very much Buddhist um, um, values is the unattached the attached so all of that grasping grasping brought the suffering getting surrendering and getting comfortable with the unknown and the mystery and of what actually is has brought more of what I guess peace I was peace and ease I was looking to embody while grasping right so if that makes any sense it's um for me it's been very powerful to have a look over my life I'm very successful in what I'm doing now I've brought a lot of love and healing people around me love and believe in me. I belong with myself. So even if those people were to not, or, you know, it doesn't, it's not shaking this. It's just not shaking this mama. That's it. I'm solid. You are. Your groundedness is, I mean, I've told you this before, but you are you are solid. You are two feet strongly connected to mama earth. I am going to agree with you a hundred percent. Yeah. Everyone. Yeah. 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 I'm just, um, I don't think there's anything else to say after what you just said. I like, 
reflecting on you are two solid feet planted on mother earth uh, yeah motherfucker <laughs> that's what i say i say mother yes i am just being playful <laughs> i have a question um okay well as soon as i say that i have like five questions but here's what what first came up so you went from being a, a victim like a legit victim Mm-hmm. to now practicing surrender and being grateful for surrender and surrender has transformed your life. Some people may feel like being a victim, like you really don't want to surrender. How do you explain the difference between victimhood and surrendering? <laughs> oh, so I, I think my first, my first thing is, Surrender is like a personal. The surrender is personal with you, right? Um, and the other, what was the word that you used? Victim, victimhood. Yeah, victim. The other is something that someone placed on you. That, okay, so that was really what I was getting at when you asked me, what could you shoot at the rooftops, right? Mm-hmm. So that's someone else's business. That doesn't even belong to you, except for in the terms of when you need to. Um, Cognitively, outside of yourself, um, take it from point A to point B. Like it needs to go from one place, like you've been victimized, to now you have to report, to now you have to, you have to follow through a system that is outside of yourself, right? So that is happening, that is taking place, that is real. But what is real-er is what's happening for you in this, in, in, and surrender is definitely a personal thing that can't happen um, outside of yourself. And surrender, uh, so as you're talking, I mean, surrender, it's the opposite of that grasping. It's that like literally releasing. Yeah, and I want to make this clear as well as far as surrender goes. So surrender isn't, um, it doesn't necessarily mean crying or giving up or letting someone else take control, or um, or any one of those things. I mean, just let's leave it grouped like that. That doesn't mean that. What surrender is actually, what I mean by this release, is just being with what really is happening. If you were victimized in whatever capacity that is, and you're fucking angry about it, um, surrendering to the anger, right? And then finding ways to actually um, carry out that anger. Uh, if you're uh, sad, if you're, it, it's all about what your experience actually is. And no one can really tell you what that is because, again, like we said earlier, you're the one having the experience. But if you're following your experience, if you're following those, that is the path back to, and then I'm going to dot, dot, dot. That is the back, that's the path back to the dot, dot, dot of whatever it is you're, it, whether you're trying to get back home to yourself, in yourself, whether you're trying to get back to that wholeness that you maybe knew before you were victimized, or whether, like me, I was, that was all I knew. I did not know anything else, right? So that was, that was a stretch for me. And, it, and it's taken, you know, it's taken what it is. Actually, I'll say this. I spent the first half of my life um, surviving and thriving 
And I plan to spend the second half of my life victorious. Mm. Oh, I just yeah. I feel like that needs a booyah. Yeah, boom. A boom, boom. <laughs> it's absolutely true. So that's what that surrender and release means. It doesn't mean, the, the definition is an, it's not existing on the outside of you in the first place. It's all about what it is you're feeling on the inside what emotions you're feeling, what thoughts. Um, P- I suffered with complex PTSD for many, many years. Um, I just recently, the last, I think, three years, four years, was able to increase my window of tolerance to be in a place where, you know, I am socially not as awkward or anxietal. I can moderate, like, I- I'm holding the tension that is my own window of tolerance in that. So um, I just want to make it real clear that it's about your experience. It's your experience and the release of the shoulds that I need to do this. I, or I can't do this. I can't do this. I should do that. I need, I need to do this. I need for this to happen. I need any of the grasp, any of the desperation, any of that. Yeah. <clears throat> So good. And I feel like we're going to lead that into you. How can people learn more about you? How can they read your book? How can they work with you? Anything you want to share with us, follow on social media, whatever you want. Yeah. So quite simply, uh, number one for anybody that's listening and that is actually curious about this book that I just wrote, it's called Love Letters to a Stripper. You can get that on Amazon. The print version is coming in actually a few weeks. So I'm going to have a book launch soon. I will be having a book signing in Seattle uh, in Capitol Hill at Elliott Bay Books. So that's going to be really exciting. Um, That book is, excuse me again, that book is the start of a conversation about that desperation. That's my call to action, but not action outside of yourself. It's the call to action for yourself inside. And it's, I think it's the book I wanted to have when I was younger, right? So I wrote that for a younger version of me <clears throat> and for anyone who is finding themselves desperate in any part of their life, right? So and if you would like to contact me, quite simply, it's, um, oh, I'd love to actually, before I get to that, I want to offer all of the listeners a free copy of that book. So in that case, you can get me at angelinalombardo.com. Let's, I think it's backslash talk. Leave me your email so that I can actually send you a free copy of my book. And if you want to get in touch with me, just Google AngelinaLombardo.com. I make it really easy. So A-N-G-E-L-I-N-A-L-O-M-B-A-R-D-O.com if you want to know me. (laughs) Amazing. And I'll have all those links in the show notes. And I'm going to follow up with you too on your book signing, depending on when we drop this episode. We'll get that hooked up so people can go meet you in person. That'd be great. I would love that. Get the yeah, book signed, chat with you. 
get the book signed, meet me in person, connect. That is something that I live for is authentic, transparent connections, a face to face. That's how I love to do um, when I was doing birth work as a midwife I, that, and a doula. You have to meet the person. The one thing that I would say is this before we go in regards to working with me. Um, number one, you're going to remember me for the rest of your life. The work that I do is very intimate, and especially when it's birth work, right? So when I was working there, it's the most intimate. You'll remember me for the rest of your life. You have to vibe with me. If you do not vibe with me, then we are not going to be able to work together. It's just not going to connect. So I would love to help you find the person that you may connect with, but you got to know. And that's why I love authentic connections. That's why I like to do the face-to-face. That's why I like to be like in front of a person feeling you know, you just know, you get a hit, your gut, you're like, eh, I don't like you, you're not for me, and I don't like your energy, I don't, you know, just something, it doesn't have to be negative, but it does have to be right on, because if you're working with me, it's a, it, you're not going to be the same person that you are now when we're done working. The work that I do is deep, it's moving, we need to vibe real well. So, and with that, I'll say, I love all of you before I know you. <laughs> that that sounds, however that sounds, it doesn't really matter. Thank I do. you. I really do. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you for having me here. This Thanks for so talking. Fun. Yeah. I love your energy. I, I like well, I like looking at your face. <laughs> I love your yes. face too. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. If you'd like to continue the conversation, please head over to Facebook and join the group Find Your Awesome with Kelsey Abbott. It's free. And if you want more than that, go to my website, kelseyabbott.com. And there you can sign up for my newsletter and get a series of free guided meditations. And I would really appreciate it if you could head over to the podcast app and leave a review of the Find Your Awesome podcast. Your reviews help other people learn about this podcast. Thank you so much. That's all I've got for you, friends. Go forth and be awesome. Awesome.